Hey, hey, good morning and welcome to day 19 of Don't Forget Your Worth, the podcast with a matching YouTube channel titled just the same. Don't Forget Your Worth, I'm Andrea. I am printing off these stories and just, you know, reading them as I go and I am a little bit curious. Yesterday's was short. This one, when I printed it today, I'm like, whoa, you're long. So <laughs> I guess today's making up for it. I have no idea, but I'm a little bit nervous for the words, you know. I'm like, man, I hope this story isn't one that's tough to tell. So we're just going to kind of go for it, you guys. It's called Grab Your Partner. <laughs> um, it, that title always reminds me of the square dancing that we had to do back in grade school, you know, where you were like, ah, I'm not sure I want to hold his hand. <laughs> Grab your partner. And so it was. I reached down towards the bottom of the box and I recognized them just by the blue ink and the college-ruled notebook paper and the pages and pages of handwriting. I kid you not, I cried just typing it as darn near when I came across them. The originals, the ones stored on the refrigerator of our newlywed home. Oh, we had made copies, plenty of copies. We would take a copy from the original to quote date night just once a month and fill them out like marital report cards. Were we keeping these vows? My husband's red plus marks, or worse yet, minus, after minus, after minus, or worse? The question mark of not even sure how to answer that one right now. Next. There was no A, B, C, D, or F about it. It was either you is or you ain't, plus or minus, pass or fail. And we noticed each time that the minus signs were not only increasing, but they almost seemed hopeless or unattainable. And then we noticed that the weekly date nights were disappearing altogether too. And then these vows disappeared from the refrigerator altogether as well. And somehow this day, they ended up right in the bottom of this box of stray bills and in the hands of a woman living the same old trick, if you will, Marriage is a partnership, and we all hear the phrase that when one is disabled, that the other carries them, or that when one is only giving 50%, that the other still gives 100, so that they will still be operating in such surplus. And it all just sounds really great, and it all just reads really good, but the problem is that those statements of love don't apply to lust, abuse, or lack of empathy ever. Lust means you lost your partner. Why? Because look back at the fourth word of that first sentence there. Partnership. Lust is self-seeking and self-serving. It says, if I don't get what I want or need, I am out of here. A marriage truly only works if you have a partner. It doesn't work if you have a covenant or even a contract or a list of vows on the refrigerator. You have to have a partner that is in love with you in love with God, and in love with serving one another. Partners, not just, not, whoops, not much good if only one of you shows up in the ring with your sleeves all rolled up to do the work and the other shows up with gloves held high just to fight. TKO, standing for total knockout. Monday night, my inbox was loaded with messages from around the country of women that thought that they were unique, original, and all alone. I instant messaged into the night under illuminated sheets, literally laying on my side because I was so tired that I could no longer lift my head or arm to hold the phone. 
I think I managed to only minister to about eight of you, and I'm sorry that I couldn't talk live with more, but I knew that I couldn't come close to touching in with each one. So instead, this. My heart broke for you. Because I was seeing what you couldn't see without displaying it all, and yet I needed to help. No. Okay, let me back up the truck. Because I was seeing what you couldn't see without displaying it all, and yet I needed to keep each unique dynamic and sister secure and confidential, so I sat just staring at it through tear-filled eyes just the morning after a most amazing Mother's Day. Thinking, but you're not alone. You're not alone. You sound just like this sister right here. And you are going through almost the exact same thing as this sister I just met in, where was it, Rhode Island? And you, you just typed the identical words that she did, word for word, and those thoughts right there, they're not new. They are considered, quote, textbook abuse. And you, cute picture right there of your bride and groom self, you don't even know that you're being abused. And yet, I'm not kidding. I didn't know how tough this post would be to type. I can hardly control the emotions. You are not alone. Unfortunately, not even close by a long shot. I have led almost 30 Bible studies and book studies in just the last 12 years. That's not a lot, but it is enough to feel like you have come across every struggle scenario and even prayer that you can think of. You pray for everything from a child's lost gecko to a husband and father missing on a snow-packed Mount Everest for 11 days, which leads to a funeral, to a disease you couldn't even spell, let alone pronounce, everything. Because other group leaders knew me and my journey, they would approach me and ask if I could talk with so-and-so who just shared so-and-so. You bet, hours, and held hands, and Kleenex shared. Years, prayers, yes. As a result, I saw the Jesus perspective from a Jesus that wept. Why? He orchestrated sometimes near 300 women into one cafeteria in a teeny tiny western town. He did that. And I knew that Gloria at table 11 had the exact same diagnosis as Louise at table 8. Maria had experienced the exact same childhood abuse almost to a T as Rhonda at table 13. Tia struggled with an abortion in her past at table 17, just like Beth at table 2. Yet their paths would never even cross. They would sit 20 feet between one another every single week for near three years and not even know that healing was just seven chairs away. At one point, I was close enough to a friend of influence and ministry that I felt comfortable mentioning an improvement that could better serve these women. When I mentioned it, though, unfortunately, I was told that most women were just there for the study, that they come because they can feel safe not sharing, suggesting that sharing like that would cause many not to come again. So I admit that I yielded to this idea that Jesus showed me. Unfortunately, the idea was easy to walk away from by walking away from the caring and the hand-holding and the Kleenex and the hours altogether because my compassionate heart felt everything so deep. 
but Jesus. He won't let go of the heart that I have for his broken. He sent me right straight to writing for him. And he just showed me all of the big numbers of his broken again, whose paths will never cross. Why do we deny fellowship? Why do we deny sharing or reaching out? Why do we watch a video, scoop up and toss a small paper plate in the trash and head to our car with those same private struggles each week? We worry that we will end up alone? As of Monday night, don't we all feel a lot alone already? Wouldn't it just be easier to be introduced to that woman at table two that is healing from the exact same wound? Don't you need a partner? Because I'm hearing that we do. I actually think we do. So my text went out today to a woman that should sit right down at my table. Only I knew she belonged there. Only I knew. I was brave. And I said, come and listen. You are never, ever alone. Not even close. We have both, quote, been there. Over the last near two years, I have been traversing through the largest, ugliest, longest betrayal, rejection, and abandonment that I have ever even come close to feeling within a covenant. But do you know that I have a daily Jesus that tells me repeatedly? Andrea, we have both been there. They sought to destroy me first. Stick with me. My Jesus, the crowned recipient of rejection, betrayal, and abandonment. This alone tells me that he is right here with us now. He wrote a great book right through this. Whoops, <laughs> struggling with my pages. He wrote, meaning Jesus, Godfather, he wrote a great book right through his. I wrote a very necessary book right through mine for him. We are going to partner in healing by being joint heirs in deliverance and redemption and reconciliation. You guys, really, I need to make sure you get this, okay? So <laughs> the tough trials are for you to become more like Christ. The end. He only gets the glory if he can redeem. Okay, so in that, I'm going to say that sentence again. He wrote a great book right through his right? I wrote a very necessary book right through mine for him. We, meaning myself and the Father and Jesus' his Son himself as a Holy Trinity and the Spirit in me, we are going to partner in healing by being joint heirs in deliverance and redemption and reconciliation. It's only in those areas where Father God gets the glory. And so he does these things so that you will conform to Christ and love and look a whole lot like him. <laughs> Doesn't sound fair now, does it? But it's beautiful. It is beautiful, you guys. So are you, friends. So grab your partner. Do it. Don't just share your experiences and your stories, but share your friends. Willingly initiate, hey, you really need to meet this person. Real, live, in your hair with prayer, friendships, his plan for his all along. I love you. So I'm glad I came across that piece, you guys. <laughs> I'm super glad I came across that piece. It is solid. It just, and that's what I love about words is that 
they can be so timely and so, what am I looking for? Like, um, transcend time. Like, these were written so many years ago, and yet this applies to situations in our space and place that we're in right now, and I love that. So I hope that there were little nuggets that you got out of that. I hope that Father impressed on your spirit somebody that might need this and you might share that with them. But more than anything, get out of this, you guys. Is do not feel like you are alone in something, not even close. <laughs> and do not feel like you need to journey that alone. And even if it's just saying to a friend, hey, do you know a friend who might be going through something, you know, something similar? Um, and ask to be connected because I love that point of how women could sit seven chairs from one another for three years and never know that they were going through the exact identical tough thing, you know? And what a stinky shame. Like, what a stinky shame, you guys. So reach out when you need help. And I need that word too. It's tough for me to reach out, you know, when I need help. I think y'all know I'm I'm packing boxes right now to move. I don't even have a clue in the world. Am I going to rent? Am I going to um, buy a place? You know, what on earth, Lord, right? Like we're just chit-chatting about it all the time. But what I find so interesting is I'm not just like, I'm trusting. I'm not just like, wow, I better search and I better hurry up and find something. I know that he has the perfect place. I know that he's gonna just drop it and it'll be like, "There's there's your place. And it may not be in the timeliness that I expect, but I trust him completely. So um, I offer you that same trust that that we would just grow up in this together and um, that this would be part of our transformation and transcendence as we go throughout these 365 days, y'all. So go with it, you guys. Go have a great day. And I appreciate the listen. Of course, would love it if, like I say, it tugs at any heartstrings. Please feel free and share it or um, subscribe so that you can get each message in your email each day too. In time, I'll see you tomorrow, you guys. Have a great day. Take care.